0: want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. I'm here with Rhonda and we are excited to dive into another awesome conversation today. Um, we had a very stimulating conversation uh, last week on the podcast about meaningful relationships. And honestly, it's given me a lot to think about. And we spent so much time talking about what it looks like to cultivate them that we had intended to talk about families how to cultivate meaningful relationships in your family, but we never got there. So today we're gonna continue the conversation about cultivating meaningful relationships. We're gonna extend extend it to uh, other relationships in your life, like your family. And so again, if you're listening today and you are married, we'll talk about what that looks like with your spouse. If you have children, we'll talk a little bit about what it looks like to cultivate meaningful relationships with your kids. And if you're not married or have kids, we'll talk a little bit about what it looks like to cultivate meaningful relationships with your parents and with your brothers and sisters and sort of that extended family that you know you get together with on holidays or you know everybody's family looks so unique and so so different and the depth of our relationship with each of our families is so different too and we understand that as we lean into this conversation it comes with layers major major layers our families of origin (laughs) are both A blessing but also part of what we have had to work out in the rest of our adult life right we learn from our families of origin we learn what kind of cycles we want to repeat what kind of cycles we want to break what kind of things we don't want to repeat in our uh, futures future life and so but even with all of that being said I do think there's a space and an intentionality that we can bring into those relationships to help cultivate depth and meaning in those relationships now again the disclaimer in this entire conversation is we have absolutely no power over what somebody else is going to do so even as we come into relationships with intentionality we do not know if that intentionality is going to be reciprocated back towards us and so we have to approach it just With that expectation, with that healthy expectation, because otherwise we're going to be let down again and again and again and again. You know, I'm bringing all of this to the table and nothing is kind of coming back my way. That is a possibility. That is a reality in some of these types of relationships that we're going to experience. However, I do believe that there is deeper meaning that can be cultivated, even if it's not going to be reciprocated. And I think with our families, both our biological families of origin and our, you know, f- new families, married, kids, da da, da da, our 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 immediate families, I think that there is um a beautiful space of intentionality in cultivating meaning in those relationships. And that can bring great joy and great fulfillment. But we need to have patience. We need to have patience in it because we're not always going to see the results of it right away. So that's my preamble to this conversation. So let's dive in. Meaningful relationships in our families. Where do you want to start?
1: I know, where do we even start? I have one Kids. more disclaimer too, okay, okay, Laura. like go. even you talking about that, we understand too that family dynamics some of your families, you may not be able to be with your family. So we're talking yeah, about yeah. Not, not crossing really unhealthy boundaries here. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. you have a family that doesn't have, there's yeah. complications. So we understand that. So please hear our heart in that. I, we just want to disclaim all of that, mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. Like some of you have mm-hmm. very, very dysfunctional families at this time you're not able to be with. So this is not a podcast to put any shame on you or that you've got to cross those boundaries to do something more to create meaning you you really need to yeah, yeah, have yeah. healthy boundaries so you know we don't we don't we're exactly. just having a conversation so we're taking this. from yeah. the average <laughs> like
0: yeah, what yeah, we're yeah. talking about families that yeah. you're able to develop if meaningful relationships yeah. and so yeah meaningful yeah. relationships yeah. with family yeah. and
1: i mean i've Wait. Okay. One okay. more disclaimer. Oh yeah. Okay. Lord. One more disclaimer before <laughs> we go.
0: No. no <laughs> I know you and me. You and me. No. No. But but seriously. Like seriously. Because I think I think again. Even at, we feel the tension of even entering into the conversation yeah. because of the layers that come yeah. with our families. Uh, all of us have them. <laughs> we do too. Yeah. Like we have relationships with our families, but there's layers there for sure. There's so many layers on so many different levels. So we just we we see that <laughs> we know we know that. But one of the things, and you say this all the time, Ron, and I just love this so much. Like. If you don't have a family, some people don't. Some yeah. people don't have a family. Depends on what season of life they're in. There's no family members close by. They have no relationship with their family. All their family members have passed. They literally have no family. Some people, that's their reality. I love so much that God gives us a family, yes. a new family, yes. a spiritual family. And honestly, for some of us, our, the being a part of the family of God, are the closest members of our family. And mm. I just want to acknowledge that. And so as we're talking about family and we may address specific roles in families, you put whoever that is for you in your so mind. Good, so if you don't have a mom, then put your spiritual mom in your mind. If you don't have a sister, put your spiritual sisters and your spiritual brothers. Like I, it doesn't matter. Who, whatever, again, whatever your family looks like, whoever your people are, whoever's with you, that's who we're talking about today. So I love, and I just love that. And we've seen that in mm-hmm. such a beautiful, beautiful way. And we we get to experience that. We get to be a part of the family of God. And honestly, I'm closer to some of my spiritual sisters than I am to my natural sisters. Mm-hmm. Like there's beautiful meaning and intimacy in my spiritual family. And I am so grateful for that. Oh,
1: I love that. So I, I love that. Okay, so I think... I don't think there's anything else in my mind for disclaimer. I think (laughs) we need to disclaim anything else. We've done them. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, meaningful relationships. How do you do this within family? Oh. So, Laura, where are we even going to start? Do we want to start with spouse, kids, extended, like siblings? What do we want to start with? I don't even know. This is just like lots to.
0: Okay. let's let's talk about let's start by talking about some of the things, some of the intentionality that we put into family gatherings and then we'll kind of let it
1: go out from there. Okay. That's a great idea. Okay. Okay, So family, you and I love family gatherings and you and I usually host most of the family gatherings, right? So this is an easy space for us. And I'll be honest in years for years, we had family gatherings and they were great. And then as new people came into the family, you recognize that the dynamic changed, not in a bad way, but just not the same, just different comfort levels, different vulnerability spaces. And every family has complications and your relationships have different different parts of it sometimes it's hard and then it grows and sometimes it just stays hard and sometimes you know, you just don't know there's yeah. conflict there's tensions there's, there's there's so many dynamics there's so, so many things right so Except your
0: family's it, one way for, oh, for a season yeah then somebody new comes into the family maybe an yeah. in-law maybe a you know then maybe divorce comes in your family right yeah, and then that yeah. changes the dynamic again and there's all these tensions around that or then parents start aging and like maybe their health changes or like so many dynamics and then people start having kids and that changes the dynamics of family and then maybe one of the kids is so annoying like (laughs) i don't right yeah and and actually changes the whole dynamic of the family or maybe their special needs
1: right and then that
0: changes so there's So many elements that we can't really begin to cover all of those things, but in considering all of that,
1: yeah. So I think like when we would now, I'll speak to what we're doing now because we've progressed to where we are now as a family. Okay. So I'm not just talking about my immediate. When we have extended family and we all get together, we definitely try to add some fun because what I've realized, like we can sit around the table and talk about things, and sometimes talk about really deep, meaningful things. But it's really bonding to also laugh together and have some fun. So what we've started to do is, for example, a birthday, um, icebreaker questions, like we'll always have some on the go just to kind of say, here's an icebreaker question for like I think we do very something very similar. So an icebreaker question. I just mentioned, I'll say, this is the question of the dinner. Okay. I'm going to go around. I want them to share this. So we'll do that. And then we also have, if it's a birthday, I'll have a funny printout, like who knows who best. And it'll be all these questions about the people. Well, like a quiz, like you would do at those at showers or different yeah, things. Wedding yeah. shower, shower games. That's shower awesome. Games. I know, but literally like birthday boy, uh, shoe size, yeah. fit, whatever it may be. Yeah. and they're actually so funny we've also done ones like i but so all that to say i always have some type of get to know you game so if it's easter i'll do a, a game where um one was uh who would do this who would do this of the room like so it was these random questions love that hilarious questions and we all had popsicle sticks and i printed everyone's face on the popsicle stand we all had to hold up the pop like what face and we were howling like it was so so funny and you can find stuff on the internet i made it pg friendly you know some of them i had to (laughs) navigate be very (laughs) careful some of the printouts be careful anyway but hilarious so i'm always trying to think of funny things we've done like funny games like catchphrase roll that six um we've done charades We'll i'll always have one thing of fun because i find Not everyone is able to share openly or may feel intimidated and we've got different ages too, but fun games bond the family and sometimes create some of the most funny memories on things that happen and you laugh about for the days to come. So I just want to say it's really easy to do that and incorporate something and it also relieves a little bit of tension. So if there is some tension, sometimes doing something fun, even going for a walk, we always used to do a walk if it's nice after dinner. We'll all just leave the table, go for a walk. And it kind of changes the environment. When you come back, we sit different. We're a little bit more relaxed. And then we'll do a game. So I think having a little bit of a plan in your family gatherings to create memories is really important. And I've recognized more and more. And maybe this is speaking to my, I'm speaking personally. My parents are in their 70s and so are Jays. And I'm thinking, you know, every year is a gift and every gathering is a gift. And we're watching around us people just pass away suddenly or they get sick and how much changes. And I recognize we don't just are guaranteed the next gathering. Not that I've ever thought I'm guaranteed it, but you don't think that way, but it's more now a reality. So every gathering I'm thinking, how do I make this a bit more meaningful with some memories and uh, that everyone can do. And it's fun and our parents are healthy to do it healthy enough and loving it. So that's kind of how we do it. Wow. You should write a book.
0: (laughs) No, those are some incredible Uh, ideas that you just like off the top of your head of things that you do. I love it. You should literally, I just, I literally <laughs> saw a book of like how to create meaningful relationships oh. in your family. And then like all the different things, all the different intentional things you can do. I love it. Even just going for a walk after dinner. Oh my gosh, we've never done that. That is such a smart idea. Cause it's true. You just sit in the same room for yep. however long the gathering goes. And then, but just to like get a little bit of a, a reset. Oh, I love that so much. I love that. Okay. So for us, um, you know, we definitely, again, uh, yeah, I would be the initiator too, very similarly. And you need an, you just need someone in the family to initiate this. So, you know, if you're listening to this, maybe you're going to pick up this baton and try to try to cultivate some of this, but you do need intentionality and you do have to think about what this is. And you do have to know your family. You have to know what works for the dynamics of your family. Like, Sometimes, you know, some families are going to be okay with like a very deep personal or intimate question that's going to cultivate a deep, meaningful relationship. Like, how do you feel about something? Or, like, you know, what's your greatest fears? Or, da 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 da. Or m- maybe not. Maybe your family's like, oh my gosh, that would be so uncomfortable and create <laughs> such awkwardness. Yes, or yes. they would just say, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not going to participate. And then everyone feels uncomfortable. And then, anyway, right? You like dynamics play a huge part. So I love that you've chosen to actually incorporate fun elements that are maybe not always so deep so that everybody can kind of be a part of that. And then, you know, it gets everyone bonded and it also really loosens people up, right? It's just like, it takes some of those, um, if there's any guards up, takes some of the guards down and all of that. Um, I love that. I love those ideas. Those are so, so good. Um, for us again, it, looks different every single time as well and I notice that my intentionality really uh and I don't I don't know if you find this but depends on how much margin I have before the gathering <laughs> do you feel like that too yeah like some yes. are winners and others are like I'm yeah. scraping together at the last second <laughs> like a bare minimum <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah or maybe there's a tension going on in the family and I actually don't I'm gonna keep it I'm just going to keep it a little bit lighter like yeah yeah like right yeah, so all sure like there's a there's shifting there's seasons for this this isn't like just a fluid like it's like a 10 every single no, time no no because you're you just know? a
1: person doing it you're you're and not sometimes a the conversation gets <laughs> off
0: the rails and then oh my right yeah. oh yeah. yeah and then you're like this sucked like this was yeah. awful can you guys all just leave now yeah. like this yeah. is done yeah so listen, it's not, it's not perfect. Like you're, you know, you're painting We're take this politics picture. off the family <laughs> dinner time right now. Everyone stop you're it. You're painting this picture. That's like, sounds so amazing. Like, but again, the, the truth is that they're not all winners. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. some are, but they're not. Mm-hmm. One of the gifts that we have in our family um, when we get together for like extended families, like birthdays. And that is like most of our family are pretty conversational. So we really do have good deep, meaningful conversations. And we have people in the family dynamic that it that keep that conversation kind of flamed. Do you know what I mean? So I, I really do appreciate that. And again, I do recognize not every family has that. Like that's mm-hmm. a gift. That's mm-hmm. just a part of the dynamic of my particular extended family. But um, usually for birthdays, I'll have some sort of theme of some sort. And then a couple of the ideas that that we'll do is I'll try to base whatever we do on what the person we're celebrating would like most. So I try not to insert like what I want into everything because I recognize that even the members of my family are very different than me. So if it's something that we're celebrating for Jay, I'm I'm not going to put a lot of attention on Jay or a lot of uh like he he wouldn't love. He wouldn't love that. He likes to have deep, meaningful conversation, but he doesn't love a lot of structured games. He actually hates games. Jay, (laughs) my my (laughs) husband hates games. Like he's not a game person. He's never been a game person. But take him outside and play a game of cornhole, play volleyball in the park. Loves it. Absolutely loves it. Like outside, physical, or sitting around the table and having just a meaningful conversation about life and different things. Loves it, right? So you also have to know the people that you're celebrating but I love to do things like um, I might take an icebreaker question and put it under everybody's plate so then at dinner they have to lift their plate up they find you know their icebreaker question and then they have to answer it for themselves and maybe they have to ask one other person around the table that question or something like that I try to come up with some game or some intentional way of we're going to do that um, the other thing that's really easy, but also just creates interesting conversation is like sometimes I'll just do facts. I'll put underneath each plate a fact about maybe the number someone's turning or the year it was when that person was born, or mm. something to do with the theme of the birthday, if the birthday's on you know, a certain theme, like the ocean or whatever. And that you put facts about that that all play into maybe where the birthday is moving towards. Mm. And then I think the other piece that both you and I have done for many, many years, and we cultivated this with our kids since they were very young, is just to take time. They need to take time before the the, the birthday, the celebration, to um, really pray for whoever we're blessing and come up with a word and write some kind words down, how they feel about that person, a scripture, a prayer. And then we share that. We take time to share meaningful words over one another um and that really does help to create like just a closeness and yeah. intentionality and i've done that with my kids since they were young and so they can sit in a room full of people now and just you know really speak words of affirmation and words of love and like i'm really proud of them for just like leaning into that space it's really cute too because they all have different personalities and kind of how they do it and one of my kids is like every single time it and we all giggle because every single time they're like yeah mine's short and sweet mine's just (laughs) short and sweet every time the disclaimer mine's just short and sweet and it always is short and sweet but it's really just so funny we all giggle because that's their that's their way right and they don't have to be different than they are and they don't have to do it like somebody else but the fact that they do it and the fact that they're intentional about it and the fact that they're leaning into that you know we 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 honor that and we celebrate that so those are some of the ways that at family gatherings you know we're we're cultivating um some of that meaning and, and intentionality, but I love your ideas, Rhonda. I think you should write a book on this. This
1: is so good. I think that's so fun. Like (laughs) it's so fun. It's so fun to have fun together. I love that. But also if you have a family that you're able to have those meaningful heartwarming times, it is gold. Not all families can do it and it might start with just your individual. It might start and maybe even your spouse, is not ready but then you do it yeah you could do that personally for the child or for your husband whose birthday and speak that and start to just you start that going and then maybe one will do it or and even if perhaps not everyone's comfortable maybe those that are can read their cards out loud yeah sometimes even that yeah yeah, Maybe not a word. So start where you are at. We'll give you a couple of t- of starter tips too. So mm-hmm. you can start
0: your family and ask them. Everybody needs to bring one word mm-hmm. that describes that person. Yeah. So that's a starter place. Everyone yep. can do that. They can even yes. do it spontaneously. You yes. don't even have to. You can just literally spontaneously just say for this person's birthday. Let's say one word that would describe them. And that's a way of getting everybody a little bit out of their comfort zone and to begin one thing we um, we have done too is we'll take the person's name and everybody has to come up with an acrostic for their name. So oh, that's they cute. take their name and then it can either be sentences or words. Yeah. Like it just individual words of their name. And that's really like it's it's not easy. They have to take time to do it, but it's it's a start. Like it's a starting place and everybody can do it. And sometimes they're hilarious and it's fun, but like those li- are little ways and then you can keep growing your family to the place where those words become more and more meaningful. But honestly, we do the word every single, like one word for that person almost every single time. We'll just do that around the dinner table. Like we do that every single time. And all of these things are like practicing meaning, making
1: yeah. meaning out of, out of your, your
0: family gatherings. I love that
1: so much. And then I think even that next step, like when you have a word, if you feel like the next step would be find a scripture to go with that word. So if, you know, once again, you have to read your family, like we, I, we don't know your family, but in our family, all of, we're blessed. All of our family love Jesus and we share a faith mm-hmm. in Jesus together that you share a word and a scripture, find a scripture that has to do with that word. And if it's funny, <laughs> a memory. So perhaps it's a, a funny with a memory or something a bit more meaningful with the scripture, so that's kind of how we do it. Um, or you could do a word or a funny memory, and we've done that too, like for our our you know some of our family members that maybe don't love to be on the spot that much because sometimes words can take a long time. Yeah. And we have some family members that find that hard, a little bit long. So we do a funny memory, and that keeps it once again funny or a meaningful rela- like memory. Memory. Mm-hmm. And so that's another way that you can just make it all about them and kind of focus and attention of how they were involved in your life and how it impacted. So those are just really easy ways of doing it. Laura, like so, so easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that. Okay.
0: So that's sort of family gatherings. And again, these are also the kinds of ways that help to cultivate those relationships that continue then outside of the family gatherings, right? Like all, all of those things are the base for the building of those relationships. So let's talk a little bit about how to cultivate meaningful relationships with your children what are some of the ways that over time that you have seen that have been effective in cultivating meaningful relationships with your kids? Because I feel like for us as parents and anybody who is a parent probably sort of feels like this, you, with every stage of parenting that you move to, you kind of feel like you have no idea what you're doing again. And you, and really you don't like you've never parented a child of that particular age. So as you move through each stage, cultivating meaningful relationships with them looks different. And so, (laughs) and so, yeah. So I think what does that look like when you're moving through each of the stages and then learning as you get to a new stage how to cultivate meaningful relationships with your kids you and I both are parenting older kids now like my kids are my youngest is turning 18 so I'm like kind of in the parenting adult children stage of life Um, and so this has looked very different over the course of all the years of parenting but yeah what what would be some of the things that
1: you've seen that have been effective over time? wow oh my goodness I feel like there's going back to the real and I think at this point in my life I must be really honest Laura there's certain things I'm like oh I focused on more that I wish I would have had a much more of a connectivity See, in, that's right? helpful that's helpful so yeah. I would say like we my natural inclination when my kids were young was a lot of doing so providing a lot of fun opportunities okay a lot of families activities activities how many times we get together and do stuff uh, as family park oh, oh oh my gosh Christmas totally. was big you name it. We did so many things called pumpkin patch together. We did apple picking, like all these big family gatherings. We invite our friends and the kids. So lots of actually so much socializing when our kids were young because they wanted to do stuff. And we just brought everyone along with us. And we were all together as a family unit so we did a lot of family stuff like that like a lot even our vacations were with other families with their close friends and so i think it was it was very much a cultivated time birthdays were always really big um we've always spoken over our kids we loved our kids were in sports so actually some of those drives were we didn't love to carpool all the time because we wanted that time with our kids and also after a game if they were discouraged or if they were excited we want to be able to be able to unpack some of that with them so all of those things kind of all work together it wasn't like one thing it was this constant thread of togetherness like we did a lot together now as our kids have gotten older I have to be honest looking back I probably didn't do as much emotional togetherness as far as asking some of those really hard questions. I did ask a lot of questions, but now recognizing I'm doing a lot more emotional work now in my 40s, you know, than I did in my 20s and 30s. So what I would encourage parents is do some of that emotional work. Like I know we've talked about emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy relationships, all those things are out there. I never really was in touch with a lot of those things in my 20s and 30s. It was much more doing Hmm. acts of service, making sure my kids like every, every like a Valentine's I would decorate the house for them. I would have little gifts for them. And I just loved making things very special, very personal. But I, I would love to, if I could go back in time, I probably would have done a lot more emotional stuff with them as well. And uh, that's just something I've, not that I I'm looking back like oh I missed out I just wasn't there and I'm there now so if I was to encourage anyone on the podcast that has younger kids or wherever you are in parenting do some emotional work and bring your kids along in that journey because even some of the questions I'm asking myself it's giving me questions to ask my kids on not just like how are you doing at school how are you doing with your friends you know when they were young are you being bullied is anything happening that should be made aware of But actually asking some of those feeling questions that I just didn't know how to ask the same. Um, I was more concerned about bigger things happening that would traumatize them or something happening I wasn't aware of, Mm. you know, uh, but there was a lot of things happening inside that I, I would have loved to have been a bit more on the journey of that I just wasn't on my own journey of. So that would be something with connecting with my kids did I do the other things well? Yeah, they'll often tell you, like, we did so much fun, crazy stuff. Great. Um, but now I feel as they're growing into, I'm the same as you, Laura. We're very similar in our stage of parenting. I'm recognizing I want to bring my kids more on an emotional journey with myself. And the reason why I'm saying this is I think growing up, our parents were remarkable. They came from parents that were in wars. Okay, our When I think about my parents, they never had access even physically to their parents. Many times their parents were working away. War had really traumatized. I think that whole generation too. So they had a very different parent than what they've been to us. just due to trauma and just due to both like my, my dad, they came from Germany. So my Oma worked so many jobs, Heard his dad. My, my aunt was looking after the family, At a young age, you know, very young was the matriarch cooking and cleaning and getting the kids ready for school at like 14, 15, you know, so very different life that they grew up that what they gave us was like a totally different life, very accessible as far as doing stuff with us, but not emotional because I think that was just a different time. And I've recognized that I want to actually be really close emotionally with my kids, but I can't be close emotionally with my kids if I don't do the hard work myself And so that would be my encouragement. And I know that's a bit of a side note, but connecting now is recognizing, I've recognized now that gap that I have to actually do in myself before I can bring my kids on, but also do it with with them. I'm not saying I have to arrive, but I've got to be willing to go there myself and be willing even to lean into some hard places, even with my kids and being able to unpack maybe things that I might've missed that they perceive that wasn't, I mean, just being able to go there together and it's beautiful, but it's also hard too. It's easy to say, even as a parent on the surface, I do fun. I create environments. I do things for you, but am I willing to be with you? Am I willing to actually grow this intimate friendship with you? It actually takes maybe for some, it comes more natural because of just how you're wired. And what a blessing for me. The doing comes very easy with my kids and for my kids and creating environments. And But the being with them here intimately, I have to do a lot of work and i actually have to intentionally grow that with them. And so that would be something I would say in connecting on a more meaningful relationship. I want to go deeper in intimacy with my kids and with Jay. That is also in our marriage. Jay and I are doing that in our marriage, but now we're like, okay, this definitely has to go to our kids. So yeah. That would be the transition zone that we're seeing with our kids. That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. And I think you described, without probably even realizing it, the very definition that we talked about last week in our podcast about what a meaningful relationship is. It's not just the fun events and the doing for you, all of these wonderful things that, yeah, you can look back and say, thank you that you did this for me. That was special. But it's connecting on the emotional level, on the real feelings about things, and even the failings. Like even the like, hey, like I recognize, like I didn't have the capacity for this. I didn't even know how to do this or lean into this space. Acknowledging that together, walking that out together. Hey, let's grow in this together. I, I'm I'm growing in this. The the transparency of that, the vulnerability of that. That's the basis of actual meaning in relationships. So I just love that. And thank you for sharing so transparently, just even about the journey that you've recognized yourself going on that, like now that you're um, leaning into that space of the emotional space in your own life, the being part of your life, that you're able to offer that in relationship with your kids. And that is going to produce a meaningful relationship with them. So beautiful, really, really well articulated. Thank you for that. It's really, really powerful. Um, I do, uh, you know, one of the things when I look back over the, you know, my, my oldest is twenty, going to be 23. So 23 wow, years Lord. of parenting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, the one thing that I would say that um, has helped to produce meaningful relationships with all of my kids is just simply at, at, at a base level proximity. Just putting myself in a space with them and lingering with them, lingering in that space. Because if I look over the most meaningful moments of our relationship, whether it's those pivotal conversations, whether it's um, those times of sharing the emotional side of feeling where it's the times that tears start to come out and the real feeling about and the real anxieties and the real, you know, fears start to come up to the surface. They've happened because I've lingered only because I've lingered. Like they, they don't happen in the quick uh, conversations. They don't happen in the quick interactions. There are nights where I'll walk by my kids' rooms and I'll open the door and I'll say, good night, love you. And I'll close the door and leave there's not going to be any initiation there for deep meaning or but if i open the door and i go and sit on the bed and i just yes, sit there yes. and even if they haven't invited me and even if and even if they're kind of whatever on their phone busy with something whatever reading da 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 like just just be just be present now does every time that turn into a meaningful conversation no But many, many times it does. And if I'm willing to just linger there and those times, again, just like cultivating any meaningful relationship are hard because it's usually at the end of the day. It's usually when you're tired. It's usually when you're on your way to your bedroom to go to bed and to finally like decompress from the day and finally like be able to be off. And instead you stop and you take time and you pay attention and you just put yourself in the space of that child start asking some questions start having some some even more shallow conversation that then can lead to but you I find I find for me and with my kids I have to linger there I have to linger there for a little while I have to linger in kind of the surface level kind of funny conversations talk about whatever just keep it keep it a little bit lighter and then usually and often the conversation will turn and something deep or meaningful that they've been wanting to talk to me about will begin to come out. And then I'm able to be there for them in a meaningful and a deep way. Right. And that trust is built and all of that. And so again, if you have kids that are, you know, anything over sort of that younger, that, you know, toddler preschool age, you know, just being there, just the meaningful Mm -hmm. time of sitting, of taking time to really pray for your kids, to see them, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge even words that like, I see you, I'm Mm -hmm. here for you. Um, You know, is there anything that you need today? Is there, you know, what, tell me your highs and lows of your day Mm -hmm. today. Like just start by asking some of those questions. And again, at first your kids probably will just give you Colder surface, like they don't want to talk to you. But if you go into it, assuming that they maybe ha- don't have anybody else to talk about. And I think the other piece that I've learned and it hasn't come easy is that if you're going to be intentional to cultivate that meaningful relationship, you actually have to lay judgment aside. You actually mm. have to oh, put that's so true. down the natural critical mom <laughs> self that wants to fix your kid that wants to make them better that wants to correct them that wants to. and listen we can't shut that off that happens all day long every day oh, like yeah. they come downstairs and you're like are you gonna wear that like are you like are you crazy like yeah you're wearing a track like you're wearing <laughs> pajama pants to school no go and change or whatever right like yeah. whatever it is yeah. like we have to we have to intention because I could I could criticize like everything that they do. Hey, can you do the dishes? And there's like four dishes left. And I'm like, like what, like where, who's going (laughs) to do those four dishes? Like get this job done to a hundred, like everything they do, we could criticize, like we could follow them around all day long and just criticize them about something, right? It's our gift as mothers. So when it comes to cultivating that meaningful relationship, we've got to put that down because they're going to say things and they're going to admit to things and they're going to do things that don't align with your values that you're not going to be happy about. But if they're telling you about it, it's such a gift and receive it as a gift. Like you have to receive that information as a gift, like, like that it's packaged up in like a beautiful, precious, fragile package and they're handing it to you and what are you going to do to it like are you going to bust it up and criticize them and tell them they wrapped it badly and like like you've got to just receive that and then you have to go and process that by yourself (laughs) (laughs) like really like really it's actually so so hard because if they feel judgment from you if the first thing if they trust you with something the first thing they feel is criticized the first thing they feel is you're correcting them mm-hmm. you're not really hearing them they won't tell you the next time like it mm-hmm. this is a very delicate space with our kids and it takes like real like there's been things my kids have told me and I'm like do I really want to know this yeah, you yeah, know and yeah. honestly like as they've gotten older i'm going to just be dead honest as i've gotten older and older and older there is some things i actually don't want to know i i don't ask them because i actually don't want to know because i don't want to like i don't want the additional emo- emotional consternation that it's going to take for me to work through that so so there are like i'm I, i'm there's just some things that i think Y- now that you're an adult, like you've gotta take responsibility for this in your own life, and you have gotta work this out. And mm. like, I'm not gonna necessarily do that. I like, I can, you can say that. Like, you can know what those things are, know your limits, know what's too difficult for you to navigate or manage. Like, this is not, you know what I mean? Like, I, and that's just truth. Like, that's yeah, just honestly. You sure. can judge for me sure. for that, but like, I know what will keep me awake at night and not actually help me to cultivate a good relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I know that some things they have to just go through too Mm -hmm. and they have to work those things out. And, Mm -hmm. and I, that that's okay. Like that, that's all part of, and that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have a meaningful relationship, but there's, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's going to be things that they're going to choose to do or choose to, Mm -hmm. you know, work out and, that's okay that's okay and eventually almost every single time they will come back around to me and say hey like this is this happened or I did this or I tried this and and I get I get to walk them through the other side of that so right, right. so those spaces are still there but do you know what I, do you know what I mean like sometimes there's oh, there's limits there's limits it. and it's, we have limits we do but at at the base level I think we have to lay judgment aside and we have to create s- time and space. And we just Mm -hmm. have to be with them. We just have to be with them, which is exactly what you're saying. You're saying in that being space, that's what creates the meaning in our relationships. Because I think all of us desire for our kids to grow up and become adults that we have good relationship with. I think it's our heart's desire. Oh, for like sure. we want to have family gatherings and have good relationships together. We want to be able to have relationships with their kids and with their spouses. And, you know, and all of that's complicated. It just is. It's complicated. It comes with complicated layers, painful seasons, difficult seasons. And so,
1: yeah. I love how you shared all of that, Laura, because it's, Beautiful, and I'm sure. Wouldn't you have loved to have listened to a podcast like this when we're raising our kids? Because you know, not that it's little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, but in some ways, like when they're little, it's those are the things that will fester into they won't go away. So things that they're struggling with, and I think what you shared about the linger when they're little it's it's like i think those were easier years and i think it's recognizing too some years you might find easier as a parent right some seasons of <laughs> parenting yeah and some are just more challenging and i think that's what i found in the in the teenage years because of the emotional time to unpack when they're little it seems like things could be resolved a little bit faster. They could cry. You could watch a little Disney movie together, <laughs> give them a little stuffy, lay with them for a little bit, read a book, pray with them, talk with them, comfort. And it seemed like a kind of, But well, as they grow older, it takes a lot more lingering, a lot less judgment. And if I could just encourage Lord, I just want to say that I thought that was just brilliant. What you shared and, You also have to recognize a parent what your limits are and also grow past it. I'm not excusing that, but recognize this is hard for me too. And it's okay. Like sometimes you're like, this is not coming natural. Am I a terrible parent? How many young moms, they have their babies and they're like, "I, I don't love this and I'm a bad mom it just that doesn't be, make you a bad
0: mom That doesn't make you a yeah. bad mom and you but might also that's not your kid's problem that's don't no, exactly that's not your kid's problem like your limitations in parenting you've is got a grocery problem so you don't you can't put that on your kid no. but you can acknowledge that and yeah. you can you can recognize your limits and yeah. then approach
1: the relationship within those limits that's okay it's okay that's don't compare okay. yourself to the Like the mother that is like loving the newborn stage and like (laughs) living it up, you know? You might be like, what is my problem? Because you know what? Your season, yeah, you've got to push through it, but it won't always be like that. You'll hit maybe toddlers is your, you just are like, oh my goodness. There's just different gifts and different limitations in every season. And so you just have to recognize you're a person in it too, walking it out and it doesn't excuse you. I love it you said it's not your child's fault. It also doesn't excuse you but it helps you recognize, take a step back, I'm going to be able to do this as best as I can, but my intention is to grow here. So if I could encourage you to, I think when I look back through all the years, yeah, proximity, being around, also family dinners, having family dinners together, the TV being off, you being together, I cannot emphasize enough. Now we've had a sport family. Okay, so. I get it. Like my kids have been in competitive sports for years that we weren't together every single night. And my husband's out a lot at night too with his work. So we had very it's different challenging. schedules, challenging, but the nights that we were all able to have a dinner together, there was no TV on. We were together sharing a lemon and a mango. Like tell me something like was a challenge today and something you want to celebrate? Like, where'd you laugh? What was fun? What do, what was something We'd always make that kind of a conversation together and be together, even if it was for an hour, a half an hour. We sat at the table. If you can do that and turn off the TV, no devices at the table. If you can, for that pocket of time, there is something that happens when you're just together and anchoring that over the years has been a drip that has just been there. And I think that's just been one very practical thing. And that'd be maybe twice a week we could do it. And even now it's with all the schedules, it might be sometimes once a week that we're all able to all be together. Well, we maximize that if we can. So if I can encourage you, that's our family. That was something that worked for us. So I love that linger that you talked about. I think recognizing as your kids are trans, like I love that as you're going through different seasons and there's different transitions you're transitioning to as a parent and you're transitioning and some children will be much more emotionally available to you than others. So once again, you have to respect, respect that and grow with them. And sometimes even articulate, like I, I want to ask you these things, but I feel that, you're maybe not wanting to talk about these things am I reading that right or are you just not ready but I found there's something on don't be afraid to even acknowledge that that I feel like you don't want to talk and I I feel stuck here you can have open conversations versus they don't want to talk about it talk about the fact that they don't want to talk about it and then respect it like once again as your children are getting older there is an exchange some kids you might feel very emotionally connected to naturally because they share everything and others, you have to respect the pace and the grace of that. And they're different privacy. The Kids are different. And so it is a very unique, not one size fits all. And that's, I think that that's parenting. It is. That You're is. figuring, there's the constants that you do, but there's those different complexities and nuances that you have to be able to move personalized to each child and at their own pace and personality. So I think we're learning that as I'm moving through. So. I
0: remember once um, there Jay and I were d- navigating a really difficult season in parenting and we went to a counselor and um, our psychologist said to us, shared something that I'd never, never forgot. She said, you know, it's never your child's job to care for your emotional health, like to care for you emotionally in any way. It's just not. And when that happens, like something in the order of how family is supposed to work is shifted. And it's actually like puts a weight, Mm -hmm. an unhealthy weight on a child. And so that really, really helped us as we were navigating difficult emotional journeys to never take our emotional journey and put that on our kids as somehow that it's their responsibility to care for us, that somehow it's their responsibility to change because of what we were going through. And the truth is that a lot of our emotional journeys that we go on um, are as a result of what our kids are going through. (laughs) It's our, that's our trigger. It's so true. Like our kids are going through something, it triggers us emotionally like, this is so hard and then we're triggered by whatever it is that they're going through and then again, the unhealthy cycle could be that we could put that back on them that somehow that's their fault or somehow they're responsible for that or somehow they're responsible to care for us. And that is not the case. And so, even as parents, if you recognize, oh, I've probably done that sometimes, I probably put back on my kid, you know, because they're struggling, they're going through a season of depression, they're going through a season of anxiety. That's triggering me because I can't help them. And then I'm put it somehow they're feeling the weight of my you know emotional struggles um you know that's something we need to be aware of and I love how you started this conversation just talking about Rhonda the importance and how you've seen the difference of as you started to deal with your emotional stuff Mm -hmm. that affected the meaning of your relationship with your kids in such a positive way and so as we full circle this Mm -hmm. moment and wrap up this conversation we really really encourage you Deal with your stuff. Mm -hmm. Go there. Mm -hmm. Go there with God. Go there with your husband. Go there with a friend. If you are not married, go there with someone Mm -hmm. and deal with the emotional stuff of your life because that's going to help you be able to cultivate true meaningful relationships with your kids, with your parents, with your friends, with Mm -hmm. anyone that you're desiring to do that with. It's not their fault. It's not their problem. But we need to be intentional to process that deal with that heal from that Mm -hmm. have grace for ourselves and walk that out and that's going to help us every single time to be able to cultivate i think what we're what our souls really really are looking for but anytime you have put something on somebody else like to say you know i need this person to do this in order for me to feel better whole healed i'm waiting for this you have given them way too much power like you have Mm -hmm. placed Mm -hmm. way too much power Mm -hmm. on them and that is outside of your control that's actually not within your space to even dictate or forced to happen you can't you can't you have to actually lay that down and maybe you know up an apology uh forgiveness these kinds of things are really really important maybe that's going to be helpful in your healing process but you can't wait for that you can't wait for that you got to deal with the stuff that's going on in your life in order to be able to really cultivate this so thank you for starting Uh. the conversation in that space because i think that is a major major Mm. major part in how-to the how-to side of creating and and being intentional about meaningful relationships
1: well it's it's really an honor this is a very vulnerable place it's one thing to talk about friendships yes but your family and your kids and your spouse and extent it's very vulnerable and I think also for as we're closing I just want to encourage you if you've listened to this podcast and you feel so discouraged. You might feel like, I've missed it. My kids are grown, or I have now such a strained relationship with my child or my spouse. Like, whatever's happened, I don't know your story. There's always a next step and a new hope. I want to just, this is meant to say there's hope that as you just begin to lean in one baby step at a time, you know what? It's going to lead to some beautiful fruit. So don't give up. It's never too late it's never too late. You might be a grandmother listening to this and you're like, I have just so judged or criticized my kids and hurt my child or whatever it may be in the sense of like emotionally or I've been really hard and I haven't let them in. You know what? Today's a new day. You can today make a decision that you are going to, you're going to change and you're going to be the change agent in that relationship. And so we just want to encourage you that there's lots of work to be done. It never changes. This is not meant to be perfect. Just so everyone knows, this is not a perfected journey. It's a journey of just growing together. And it's messy and it's broken, but in that is beauty. Because as we do it together and intimately grow together, we bond because Jesus is the only one that can change us from the inside out. And as we grow closer to him and intentionally love those around us, there will be beauty that will come from it. But don't look for perfection. Don't compare yourself to another family. Don't compare your children. Don't compare your spouse. You need to love and be a family unit as God's created. And so just lean into that. And the Holy Spirit's going to lean you. He's going to lead you. He's going to lead. Pray. And the most important thing, I would say, yes, we could do all the emotional work. We could do all of that. But the most important thing is that we're in prayer. And we submit ourselves to God and ask the Holy Spirit to give us the eyes to see because there's things in the natural we won't see without the eyes of the Spirit. And God's going to show you the Holy Spirit wants your family to thrive. And so just ask, but first you've got to thrive in that spirit, in that space. And so we want to encourage you, lean on the Holy Spirit, go in that direction. And we just know God's going to bring such beauty and hope in your family. Love that so much. Have a great day. Thanks for spending some time
0: with us today.